Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. Let's be honest, life is hard and it can sometimes be just as confusing as it is exciting. Whether you're gearing up for your first job, preparing for a new semester of college, searching for a spouse, or you're just working to pay off your debt. As you jump life's hurdles, you can easily begin to lose sight of what race you're even running. Our heart behind this podcast is to help you make your life count in the long run of eternity by discussing how to passionately love Jesus and follow Him daily. With that being said, here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. I always thought Chipotle was like just a place for girls. I don't know why. It seemed like the hype was always like a Starbucks kind of feel. And then some guy was like, hey, you know, I want to go get Chipotle for lunch. And I was like, ah, this was a few months ago, too. Yeah. And I went and fell in love. The lights were turned on to the uh, chicken bowl. So we love to see it. But uh, Brother Chuck, I still call you brother. Is that official? Yes. That's official title. Is that only common in just Southern Baptist churches? Brother. Yeah, brother, brother. Pastor, brother. You noticed that Cliff wants to be called Pastor Cliff. Oh, is that right? Well, he hey. wants the official title. Yeah, I, and I don't blame him. Well, let's welcome the audience back to another episode of the Long Run Podcast. I have a special guest on this week. Like every week, they're all special. But this is a very special guest yeah. because it was my pastor for 10 years, mm. Pastor Chuck Williams. Thank you. Welcome Thank to you. the podcast, Brother Chuck. How are you today? Wonderful. Excited and just amazed and blessed to be here. Absolutely. How was the drive down here? Gave oh. you enough time to, because I kind of threw the topic on you last minute, so you gave you time to think about what we were talking about. Well, it, 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 you know, the drive was great. I've done it. I told you coming down, I've done this drive a thousand times at least, mm-hmm. being in uh, ministry driving to Baptists to make hospital visits. That's exactly right, which is 45 minutes where you were a pastor of a church of the past 10 years. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, you know, came to Covington in March of 2010 and retired in 2020. That's right. Retired this past spring. Yeah. Uh, was it right before COVID hit? You know, I retired and then COVID hit. Wow. I mean, I, I, announced, my, right. I announced it and then in the middle of my uh, exiting, COVID hit. So it's it, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that is weird. And just a little bit about yourself. You're from Covington, actually, which is yes. a small town, 45 minutes north of Memphis. Went to Covington High School, where I went. That's right. And then you went off to Union University, That's which right. is Jackson, Tennessee. Yes, yes. And you did your undergrad in? Yeah, I'm, I I got a BA in uh, ministry mm-hmm. uh, from Union, and, and then uh, did you know different different things. Came back uh, to West Tennessee and went to Mid America. Graduated from there, Mid America Baptist Theological Seminary in Memphis, Tennessee. And you got your Master's of Divinity. Yes. And for those of us who have no idea what that is, what is a Master's of Divinity? Why well, is it divine? <laughs> well. Uh, you know, there's some people who get their doctor's degree, but I preferred the master's. Oh, yes. Because, you know, master says. <laughs> <laughs> Those just happened uh, yeah, this yeah. past week. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, uh, it's you know, it's just a, a three, it's a 96 hours. Wow. 96 credit hours and uh, three, it takes three to five years to get. It's very intense, very wow. intense. Well, that's awesome. And like I mentioned, you were my pastor for 10 years. Uh, you actually pastored for a total of 46 years. Yeah. So we have 46 yeah. years of wisdom sitting on the other uh, side of this table today. Uh, lots of failures. Uh, I'm wise <laughs> because of a lot of failures. <laughs> I think that speaks to like everybody yeah. in every 
story of every spiritual giant in the Bible. <laughs> so you're right there along with them. Uh, yeah, you were my pastor mm-hmm. for 10 years. I remember when you first came to Covington. Mm. I think I was in seventh grade. Your son Isaac was in eighth, eighth grade. grade. right? And we were kind of buddy-buddy there for a little bit when y'all came in. And uh, he got in the youth group and you got plugged in. And I remember... I'm not. I have one story. I was gonna. I'll tell you about it after the podcast, but I can't okay. say it on here. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad I'm running a filter through my brain right now. Sometimes I just say yeah. it without even thinking about it. Um, but just a little bit. I have to speak to you, uh, or to our audience, really. Just a few things about you, brother Chuck. What they don't know. If I had to summarize who mm. you are, uh, you for sure love people, and which is a. Yeah. Obviously, the second greatest command in Scripture. Yeah, that's right. But you do it, and you do it well. And I know when you were a pastor, you were the lead head pastor in our church for 10 years. And we would always say, I don't know if you ever heard us say this, but I know my mom and my dad would talk about, because um, my dad was a deacon, mom played the piano for as long yeah. as I can remember. And we say, we're so glad that we have a pastor and a preacher. Oh, We've got somebody that... Oh that can preach the Word of God no. from the pulpit, preach it with authority, know what they're talking about, and lead the flock, but also shepherd the flock mm-hmm. and be a pastor. And, you know, was, uh, even though you were, you were the pastor, what was the total number of our church? Was it total membership? Do you remember? Uh, oh, God. I don't know. It was a predominantly bigger church for a small town, rural area. But with that being so many people yeah. in the church, it was nice to know I could always go towards uh-huh. my pastor. Good. And you're a man of integrity. Your yeses are your yeses. Your noes are your noes. And you try to stick to your word more than anybody mm-hmm. that I know. You really set that example. And you have a you really rely on God. And I always know that when when you were leading the church in a different direction about a decision, me, I'm naturally like, hey. I want to go do this for the Lord. Let me go do it. But you're like, no, why don't we consult with the Lord? (laughs) Which is hard for, I think, a lot of people to do. But I think that's the true definition of leadership and spiritual leadership. So that was awesome to see. Thank you. you. I know you weren't really ready for me to say all that. but I Oh, man, you make me feel so good. But I wanted to prep the audience for what they were about to witness. Um, Um, And so what I really want to ask you, Brother Chuck, today with being a pastor mm. for 46 years, yes. um, first start, like when did you want to be a pastor? If we can just get a little bit of background real quick. Well, I, I felt the call uh, when I was in college at Union University. There were some great godly men my age back then. You know, we were 19 years old. Was and, it you, you had a few of them that were like the – you called them like your God squad? What oh, was yeah. It? We were a God squad. We were – you know, we just uh, – The band of brother preachers. We, oh, yeah, yeah. We were real renegades too. We really <laughs> were. And so uh, they just really challenged me, and I turned my life for the Lord and felt to call the ministry there. I was running from God. I had really gotten into wickedness, and through the influence of one of them, I turned my life back around, turned my life over the Lord. And when you felt that quote unquote call to ministry, was it like I want to be a straight pastor, or was it just full time ministry? You, you know, things were so cut and dry back then, like not like they are now. You you guys have got options. You know, I can do this. <laughs> well, it's either be a youth director or a preacher. <laughs> that yeah. was it. Yeah, or a music guy. And you know, so I, I wanted to serve the Lord. So I started out doing youth ministry mm-hmm. and then, you know, graduated into pastoring. So I think every time we hear a pastor, we always hear about that. Oh, I felt called. Oh, I felt called in ministry. And we this could be a whole podcast episode oh, yeah, in of itself. Yeah. But this call to ministry, can you just explain it? Like what did you feel? Why do you why do you call it call to ministry? Um, just it was just a burning in my heart to uh serve the Lord and just uh he confirmed it through a couple of things that this was supposed to, a couple of one particular miracle. I'm, we don't have time that took place that confirmed I was supposed wow. to be preaching. Mm-hmm. And through prayer 
and uh, so I was like, man, if if I don't do this, then I'm going to be disobeying what God's will for my life is. Yeah, that's awesome. So we we went with that. The Lord, uh, we had a lot of journeys, a lot of different ups and downs. Well, I'm glad you were obedient because that's how we cross paths. That's right, and it's been a blessing. And so, where was your first job? in ministry you graduate from union yeah. what was the first oh you're not gonna believe it man okay uh, i was 20 years old had long hair wore platform shoes oh wow and pastored a church those people <laughs> lost their minds of running i was 20 and um fulton baptist church mm-hmm. on the mississippi river wow you go to henning yeah turn left and go all the way to the mississippi river i'm familiar but it's foreign to some <laughs> oh it's it's it you know it, it is out in the middle of nowhere and a church around about thirty, and uh, so that's where my first church was. Your wilderness I, years. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was. You know, it was interesting to with, say the least. Was, with that long hair, they probably thought you were John the Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that first year of ministry, your pastor was going to a, school at Union, preaching. You know, on were you Sundays. That, were you a youth pastor or a head pastor? I was. It was a church around thirty, so I'd show up on Sunday, preach Sunday morning, Sunday night. That was it. What was that first year like? It was just like. Oh, I just, they loved me because I preached for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's understandable. Because <laughs> I had nothing else to say. <laughs> and I would package in, you know, the best I could come up with and preach for about 20 minutes. And we had a, we had a great time together. And yeah. then, uh, I bet I, that's special. Yeah. And then I became pastor of a law, uh, youth director at a large church in Memphis. Um, really? Brother Bobby Moore, Broadway Baptist Church. Wow. Um, we saw two to four thousand uh, grow to attendance, and then from there I went to New York, and started a church with the international with the Home Mission Board. Right. So I was up there for three years, started a church in upstate New York, came back. Wow! All that wrapped in forty six years of ministry. Yeah. So many stories, uh, so many takeaways, mm-hmm. and like you said, mistakes, which we all have. Yes. Um, None of them immoral or illegal. Can I just say amen. that real quick? Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, You finished the race well. And I remember, I think about that when you were retiring and we were just all, it was a a special time. Um, The church was wonderful to me. They really were. It was great. We were glad you were there. Um, So after pastoring for 46 years, um, I think it's safe for me to say Mm. when you were a pastor, you desire to be a successful pastor. I mean, like any person in their right mind would desire to be a successful anything at their job. Yeah. So you desire to be a successful pastor, and I think that would lead to you desire to have a successful church. Yeah, if we had to phrase mm-hmm. it like that. Um, and let's let me just like remind the audience the definition of success because we take America and we throw around success. Mm-hmm. We look at others and we say, oh, they're successful mm-hmm. because maybe they make a lot of money. They do this, they mm-hmm. do that. They got the stuff, you right, know what I mean, right, or right. they've got the charm. They're successful. Yeah, they got what they want. Right. But really, success is not making a lot of money. The no. definition of success is achieving your goals. Right. So keep that in, you know, because sometimes we get it diluted with just in our American culture. Yeah. Because um, we never phrase it like, oh, he's a successful father or he's a successful best friend. You know what I mean? We never phrase yeah. it like that. It's always with the, the money and stuff like that. So let's keep that in mind as we throw around the word mm-hmm. success here. So my real question is, mm-hmm. do you feel like the American definition of success has distorted the church's definition of success to have a successful ministry it, it really has uh, brought a huge uh, hurt to the church mm-hmm. um, the church now in america is weaker than it's ever been even though it's bigger than it's ever been it's weaker than it's ever been wow 
uh, because of the lack of spiritual power, the influence. The, uh, you know, I, I, I would say that I, I, helped, I helped the demise of the church because I bought into what came about to be a new definition of what it meant to be a successful pastor. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, how can you appeal to the masses? And where, you know, where Jesus was constantly uh, repelling the masses, mm-hmm. he was like, he was, he was pushing people away. We're, we're not trying to push people away, but we are to, uh, we're to really tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Yeah. And so I went through a phase where I wanted to be a successful pastor. Okay, so, which is not a bad thing. No, ambition. no, it's not a bad thing. But, but where, where was it going the wrong way, did you feel Well, like? you see, I think what the devil did, he knew that he couldn't uh, get the church to, especially in Southern Baptist churches, we adopted that the Bible was the inerrant word of God in 1980 under the leadership of Adrian Rogers, and we steered the seminaries away from liberalism, which was like a poison pouring through all the seminaries back mm-hmm. in those days. And so uh, we established that. And so he said, okay, I can't get them to deny the Bible, which other denominations have. Yes. So I'm going to get them to deny what it is to really be spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so what infiltrated into the church was a lukewarm mentality in which uh, people were told to feel comfortable Hmm. and everything was to be made comfortable, convenient, and caring. Hmm. Uh, And so that that was what happened. And if I could just go ahead and elaborate on it. Yeah, yeah, please do. What what happened was there's a businessman by the name of Peter Drucker. I would invite the uh, audience, if you would, just Google Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker. Extremely successful business. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the uh, 1900s, he wrote all the books on business management. Any any successful businessman has read his book on management. Really? Uh, High-level high businessman. Right. His most famous book was... Uh, Drucker on Management, written in 1971. And those principles are still being adopted today. Nothing against Peter Drucker at all. He was also a Christian man. And uh, so there were some business people who also were Christian, but uh, they said, let's just uh, let's take his, his ideas about business principles mm. and let's apply them to the church. Interesting. Yeah. And that was where the slow slide began away from what I would say is this. Have you ever heard people say this? And I've said it. Oh, man, I'm really going down a bad road right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? If you're going to be a successful pastor you've got to be the right kind of leader Hmm. and so like everything doesn't rise and fall on leadership if it centers around the leader Mm -hmm. and that's what the business principles said everything rises and falls around the leader and uh, what we're doing and so I would say this. No, it's not true. Everything rises and falls for a church around the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Huge gap between the two. Yeah. Have you, in your short time here on this earth, noticed that there are just a few, I say that, Mm -hmm. guys that are extremely 
extremely powerful leaders, but you're like, man, as far as in churches, yeah. man, something's missing. But man, have they got the charisma? Have they got the leadership? Have they got, you know, whatever it is, but yet there's just, it's just something's not there. And that's what's going on in the church today. Mm-hmm. There's an empty void of the power of the Holy Spirit working in churches. Wow. And I guess like from the principles of Peter Drug, Drugger, Drucker, Drucker, um, these business principles being applied to the church, yes. and I guess a word that could be used would be church growth. Yes, church growth. Right. Um, where do you feel like the church business model strategy yeah. went the wrong way? Like, why is that a why is that completely far from what we see in the New Testament church? Well, the problem with it is is that it's not far. It's kind of like when the devil tempted Jesus. He 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 was very close in his temptations. Okay. You know, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like black and white. It was it was very gray. His temptations, and so there's really just a subtle shift. And uh, it was on uh, the, the shift was when you have a business. You know, is how much how much uh, how many people can we get to come through the door? How comfortable can we make them? And welcome can we make them feel when they come through the door? Mm-hmm. And what can we sell them, and how can we get them to come back? Yeah. And that, you know, it's it, that seems like it's so, you know, okay, well, that that's what a church should be. Absolutely. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, really, you've just got a shopping mall. Mm. And uh, you've just got a storefront. Yeah. And so today, uh, where's, you ask yourself the question, where, where's the Lord moving? I mean, where is the Holy Spirit in the world moving? Mm-hmm. And so what is it like? You've been on mission trips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you see the Lord moving? Yeah. I mean, you see it in, well, let's back up in what is what is church. I mean, church is not walls. It's not yeah. a building, but it's the group and gathering of the people. You see the Lord moving yeah. when the people gather yeah. and they're there for the purpose, um, you know, edifying of the body to push the body to the uh, it's like what's the goal of church and i hate to even use the word goal because it yeah. sounds so american like what's what's the goal of church yeah. like there's got to be a, a point a and point b in churches we're here together yeah. to encourage one another to stir up good works in one another um and to help each other follow christ and there's yeah. probably something in worship together i'm missing a few things there um but you see the lord moving where the people's heart yes is centered around a heart for christ a heart for yeah they they really like um, in, in in these places like you've been to, you know, there are a lot of reports of miracles taking place, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, it, people having visions and dreams of the Lord speaking to them uh, where they don't even know who Jesus is. And those kind of things are happening because the Holy Spirit's really moving. And we are not witnessing that in America because we don't need the Holy Spirit. Mm. We really don't need the Holy Spirit. We've got everything we need already there. You know, Wesson. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I just want to tell you, I don't, I don't understand having a conference on leadership, having a conference on leadership and charging people 150 and 200 dollars to show up on how to be a leader. Right. But if we were to say we're going to have a conference on the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you couldn't get 12 people to show up. <laughs> and it would be free. Yeah. yeah. And these guys are going on stage and they're making thousands and thousands of dollars with their book sales and everything else. And I'm like, 
I think Jesus, if Jesus showed up, I think he would throw a lot of people out. Mm. And I guess that's because it is. It's reliance on man or reliance, yeah, reliance on, on man. Yeah, really is. Really is. You may say, Brother Chuck, you know, you're, you're sounding kind of like whatever. Well, all I know is that when we were at Covington, we knew that unless the Lord, because you were there, yeah. you knew where the church was, yeah. and you knew how void of the Spirit it was. Mm-hmm. And if anything was going to happen, it had to be the Holy Spirit. Right. It could not be a man-centered approach for him to do what he did. Right. And I think, you know, we're talking about a lot of this, and it could sound like, well, this only sounds important for pastors yeah, or, or yeah, deacons yeah. or leaders in the church. But I'd say everybody, we have to understand, like, <laughs> the only people that probably don't care about this is a Christian or somebody just listen to this and you're not involved in a local church. Like, if you are a, uh, a follower of Christ, you need to be in a local body. Mm-hmm. You need to be a member. Yeah. You need to be serving. You need to be a part of a local body. Like we talked about last week, that you have a gift to provide to the body. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter what you think you are, but you have a gift to provide, a unique gift. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not that I'm not trying to hype you up and say you're going to be this great big thing. No, no, no. It's like you play a role in the body of Christ and on the mission of making disciples. Uh-huh. You need to be in a local church. So you, we need, you need to understand what we're talking about because you need to figure out what church do I need to be a part of? And you're not looking for a perfect church because it's uh-huh. imperfect people. So don't. good luck finding a perfect church. If you find a perfect church, run. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're not just looking to go, well, what fits best for you? You need to find a group of people that are not perfect mm-hmm. but have a heart for Christ yeah. and have a heart for reaching the world. And so we're talking about these things because you're going to be involved in a church body, no matter if you're helping in the preschool, yeah. the student ministry, deacon, elder, whatever it may be. So this is where it, it comes to all of us of when what's, what's the goal with church to come together, but what's the mission of the church? Mm-hmm. Is it to bring people? I think that's what we're seeing, and what you're saying, brother Chuck, is is what's our strategy to bring more people in, or to send people out? Yes, yes. The strategy is how how much can we be about you know sending people out? Like I'm I'm just so proud of what God's done in your life, and there are others in your uh, circle. Been much? <laughs> I mean, he's done a lot. Yeah, he's, he's saved me. <laughs> I've sent you on the mission field to Memphis, Tennessee. That's right. <laughs> And and absolutely, and I think one of the great Cliff and I, you know, we've talked more than once about how happy we are to see guys like you that are going out and trying to uh, uh, spread the good word. Well, you know, it was under y'all's leadership and mentorship and discipleship that a lot of the guys in our yeah, because you know I mean? it's it ain't just me; it's a few of us that we've mm-hmm. been able to walk together, and hopefully, you know, we stay walking together. But it's is because it, we had pastors in our church and other non-pastors in our church that invested in us absolutely absolutely you see it's kind of like in churches this like there was this woman i knew she worked in the nursery for years you know what she would do she would hold that little baby she would pray over every baby Mm. every little child came in when she was talking she was praying over them what was involved with her she wasn't just meeting a need she was giving her heart Mm. and you know people that you know people that i've known over the years that's had uh, music ministries, and their heart is just passionate for the Lord. You can tell when a person has that passionate heart for the Lord. It changes. It, <clears throat> when we consciously seek the Lord, this is important because it's not original. Mm. <laughs> I can say it's important. <laughs> when, we, when we passionately and consciously seek the Lord, He will passionately and subconsciously work through us. Mm. 
we, we, you know, we say, I want to serve the Lord and I want to see. Our, our, the greatest work that he does is subconscious. In other words, we don't, we, we can't see, we can't feel. Like last night, a woman came, we have Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a Bible AA. I'm there just about every Monday night. And this woman <laughs> came for the first, first time. And she said, uh, one of the first things she said to me, she said, I, I, I'm an alcoholic when I drink. I get mean. And she said, I've been going to, well, okay, AA meetings. Mm-hmm. And she said, when I walked through the door into this room, I felt something different. What is that? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit working. And she said, I'm so happy to be here. I now have hope that I can quit drinking. Mm. And so that is that is something that cannot be taught. It can only be bought. Mm. It can only be bought by, you know, you just giving yourself totally over to the Lord and passionately seeking Him. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm still trying to get behind this the, the phrase that we use business model strategy that's in the church because we try to make everything so clean and polished and I think the guy that we're going to have on next week David Frazier he was a 15 year uh, veteran or 15 years on the mission field in Turkey so that'll be oh, next week and he'll have some stories so a little commercial and I bring that up because we were having a conversation last week about do we need to build more room it's this it's mindset of bigger is better we oh we need more sunday school class space let's go build more rooms which nothing's wrong in no, that no no but what would you think if we just said you need to go meet and ahop and have sunday school class <laughs> yeah. there which i'm not saying one's right or wrong yeah. different situations scenarios but it's it's what is this where is god leading you yeah. to take that step what does it make sense mm-hmm. are, are you just trying to build a bigger building mm-hmm. where does the slippery slope here what do, brother chuck if you could say something to, to leaders in the church to mm-hmm. members of the church right now why do we need to watch out for this business model strategy or business model church right. why do we need to be you know stay away from it be aware of it well it 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 has to do with whether what are we preferring you know, do we want the, the kid church, the music church, the worship church? Do we want the, the uh, teaching church? The, you know, there, there are all kinds of uh, different ideas about what church ought to be, you know, th- that kind of model. Mm-hmm. And, and the model is, when, when, can you say that either when you walk in or when you leave, you can say, I've met with God? And it may not mm-hmm. be that it is the, the best building, and it may not be it's the cleanest, most organized and it may be that way. We felt like we tried to be clean, organized, and right. smooth at our church. But can can we say we've met with God, or do we hear a good sermon and good music? We, you know, music ought to be good. It ought to be the very best. God deserves the best. The preaching ought to be as good as possible. But is it? Can we say we've met with God? Mm. Like yesterday, no Sunday. I got to tell you this. Real, this is great. yeah, yeah, good. Uh, Cliff told me this. Yesterday. Cliff's now the pastor at uh, First Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. He told me yesterday that a deacon came up to him and said, uh, "He said I didn't I didn't hear Cliff's sermon. I was preaching at another church. Uh, a deacon came up to him and said, he said, uh, you're not that good. <laughs> he said, that was the Holy Spirit speaking through you mm. because it was so good. He said, but I know you're not that good. <laughs> we know said, he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Cliff. That's great. And it made you, how did it make you feel? He said, it made me feel awful. <laughs> I said, that's what we want. We yeah. want it to be 
that it's obviously it's the Holy Spirit working and speaking and singing and doing through us, not, you know, how good are we? For sure. And it's the theme, business model, church strategy, all these things. And you, I like how you mentioned and you corrected me because I said, how is it far away? Or how is New Testament church far away from what we would call like the American model yeah. church? And you said it's close. It's very close because of how well a counterfeit, a counterfeit is very, very close. Oh, that's it. Most of the time it. you can't recognize the difference. That's it. And we have to be on the lookout for mm-hmm. stuff like that and be aware of our own heart, too, mm-hmm. not just saying, oh, wherever, where is everybody else getting it wrong? This is yeah. how you do church. And I, I like how you were hesitant to give a specific model of church because there are so many different people on different sides of this, oh, yeah. and I am not smart enough to talk about it. And so if you look at the Bible, follow Scripture, and that's a broad brush because I'm playing it safe here. But if you will just have a heart for Christ, absolutely, just a and to, heart, and to gather together mm-hmm. to follow what Scripture teaches about the church, you can have the theological conversation somewhere else. It's not on here, mm-hmm. but and you have a heart to go and make disciples of all nations. And how are you? How is the pastors, the overseers, the de- you know the mm-hmm. uh, elders equipping the body to do the work of the ministry? Because it's not just the pastor doing the work, but yeah. it is the church members, right? the body of Christ doing the work of the ministry, and how is that reflecting how the church is set up? How is that reflecting the strategy? Is it to just, like Brother Chuck, you just said, to bring people in, give them a nice pew and their bulletin, give them their coffee, which you can go to a great church and do those things. So I'm not saying those things are bad in and above themselves. But if that's the main priority, to get people in, get their offering, Mm -hmm. and, you know, foster a great comfort and secure life. I think we're missing everything short of what it means to follow Christ. Yes. And, um, you know, what would Jesus do? What has Jesus already done, really, is is, is the question. He's he's done everything that we need. And uh, if we can just say, Lord, if we would just say, Lord, we're just totally dependent upon you because we don't know what to do. You know, people say we need to come to a decision, and when do we make the right decision? When we have totally and truly uh, submitted it to the Lord and prayed and right. sought His direction. Right. How many times did we see in Acts yes. where so much work was done through prayer, and we're saying, "This is." I think this is different from mm. that. No, well, God doesn't operate like this. Oh my God! Yeah. Right, 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 right. And, it, and I look at it, and I'm like, I haven't seen anything like that. Uh huh. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. And it says in Acts, uh, our buddy, you know, Ben, he's, we were praying the other day in a Bible study. They prayed for boldness, and they received it. And so much work was done with the yeah. Spirit of God moving. And it's the constant theme of, of pride and sin in our life in the flesh, of yeah. rely, self-reliance or reliance on God. And this is the thing. As far as it relates to church in your life, are you putting yourself in a posture to rely on God? Exactly. Because you think about giving and all mm. this stuff, you know, mm. gear, give from a cheerful heart. Pray right, what the Lord right. would have you give. But it's, I'll, I mean, I'm using giving as an example. Financially, are you giving in a way to rely on God? And, and that's a challenge, and that's hard. No, yes, like, yeah. that You can take that at whatever you mean. But even in your life, your time management, your schedule, your involvement with mm. people, is it in a way to rely on God? Yeah. If you look at when you get to the when you get to your bed tonight, Mm-hmm. And you think, and Brother Chuck, I think of this because of what advice you gave me, how you start your day is, what is the Lord's will for my day to day? Yeah, you know, people, what is God's will? What is God's will? Well, I got up this morning, I knew what God's will was. 
just come down here and be with uh, that's right uh, my buddy here come down and record and then when you and, think, and say Lord you know guide my mouth my heart and life because I sure can't see what tomorrow's got in front of me but I know today I've, I've tried to meet with him this morning and uh, meet with my wife mm-hmm. and then um, to come down here and be with you and I, I'm good so far yeah. I think I'm doing all right so far yeah and following god's will today (laughs) absolutely and i like how you start off the day you know god what is your what is your will for me today and i I got this from it's it was from benjamin franklin's like memoirs how he schedules his day of like Uh, he's he starts it off in the beginning of like what good can i do today well at the end he says what good have i done today that's and i'm not saying follow become a benjamin franklin follower but i'm taking that principle of now, and not just how can you be a good person, because good luck. Yeah. Like Romans 3.10, as it is written, unrighteous. But right. how did you rely on God today? It's really just reflection of your mm. day. Yeah. And it, what, what did that day consist of? Was it just you, 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 mm. I'm going to do, do, do? Or what was the reliance on God? So that's, I'm just telling you that, because that was like my big takeaway of what you shared mm. um, today. Let me, let me just speak a word to somebody that mm. might be listening and watching. Maybe you've been in ministry for a while. Um, there was a point in my life where I turned away from the Lord. Now, I, I was in ministry. I was pastoring a church, and I remember one night I, I just looked out the window and I said, I'm done. Mm. I've only told this story one other time. Wow. Um, and I said, Lord, I'm done because uh, you have betrayed me because you allowed some other people to betray me, and uh, I'm just not going to put up with that. And so... It was, uh, it was um, I continued in ministry, but um, my heart was cold and, and dark and just, uh, I don't know how to describe it any, any, anyway. So it was a dreadful, discouraging, dark time. I never did anything illegal or immoral. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But um, there were some people who, there was my wife, of course, she knew and she was praying for me. And I was only doing it because of the job I had in front of me, and I didn't know how to do anything else at the at the time. Yeah. And so the the most embarrassing part about it was I became embarrassed to say anything outside of the pulpit, really, about the Lord. Mm. I'm, I became embarrassed about the cross. And uh, if if there's somebody that's watching and that's where you are, I, I just want to tell you. You have got to go somewhere and spiritually vomit. You have got to go somewhere and just spiritually vomit, and uh, and and let all that darkness and and whatever come out, mm-hmm. and let the Lord cleanse you and and heal you. Because somebody was able to tell my wife about a doctor, a physician, who was a very devout Christian. Uh, said, "Go and talk to him." So I went and I talked with him. Because I didn't know how to get back. I just didn't know how to get back. Yeah. My heart was my heart was not in it at all. <laughs> it was like, oh. The loneliest place. You know what the loneliest place in the world is? Tell. Tell me. I don't know. I can think of something, but it's probably not it. <laughs> in a pulpit without the Holy Spirit. Oh. And you know, no. you know you don't have the Holy Spirit. Mm. I mean, it's so evident. I went to him, and here's what he said. He said, well, I, I can't tell you what to do. I'm not a counselor. I'm like, great. Plus, tell me what. To, he said, but I can pray with you. He said, I can pray. And he prayed. And it was so powerful because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and it was just like like a wind came in and blew the door of my heart open wow. and it was so powerful i remember i was had my head but i just kind of went back like i just and there was this huge wall that i saw it was dark it was very very dark and then i looked and i saw the lord and he said uh, will you come to me and i said well, there's a wall there's a wall there he said if you'll trust me if you'll trust me mm-hmm. i'll get you through it and um, he did. He did. And I'm forever grateful. But counseling and nothing else would have helped me unless I had just really met with the Lord yeah. through the power of the Holy Spirit and through prayer. And it took spiritual vomiting on my part to get there. Wow. And, you know, you just have to empty your guts uh, for, the, for God to come in and, and, clean, and to clean it up. And, and that's what he wants to do because he had his arms outstretched to me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, you, you know, you're so rotten. Uh, he just said, just come. Just come here and trust me. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I did. Yeah. I'm glad I did. I, 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 I absolutely shudder, absolutely shudder to think what my life would have been if I had not done that. Mm. I know what I'm capable of, and it ain't good. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And. I know you only shared that one other time, like you said. Mm. Um, so if that resonates with somebody. Yeah, I hope it does. And I think to a certain level it can resonate with us all, mm. um, not to make light of your story because some are deeper than that mm. and deeper in that other. And I've been in areas of my life where I've been following Christ and just in sin, and it's mm. it's a lonely place. It is. It, very, very discouraging. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? It's disgusting. Yeah. Isn't it? It's kind of disgusting. And you just feel. Yeah. You feel not authentic. You don't. You mm-hmm. just. Um, there's no courage. I mean, there's no boldness. There's You're embarrassed. <laughs> there's there's doubt. Yeah, there is doubt, and it's it, that's a whole another. That is a whole another podcast yeah. episode. Um, but if you're and how I say that relates to everybody is it's every day yep. walking in sin and getting dirty. Yep. And you're coming back to the yep. Father every day. That's right. Not that you have to be legalistic about it all, but if you have a relationship with God, yeah. you want to talk to Him. Um, yeah, you know, one baptism, we're baptized into Christ, but there are daily cleansings. Mm-hmm. Of you, and you, we use the word confess. We may use these churchy words, and it's like, why don't you just tell God what you've done wrong? Yeah. Because if you have a relationship with somebody else, mm-hmm. and you go and you talk about them behind their back or, quote-unquote, stab them in the back, mm-hmm. wouldn't you like to tell them mm-hmm. and make the relationship right if they find out about it? And it's the same thing mm-hmm. with God, who is a father, and also when we need to have this fear of God um, mm-hmm. that I think my generation misses out on sometimes. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. Brother Chuck, thank you for coming on today. Oh, man, it's an honor, privilege, and a joy. And do you have anything else you'd like to share no, with I, the listeners to end it? I, I think I've done enough damage to <laughs> your reputation. <laughs> Absolutely not, Brother Chuck. It, it was a joy to be here, and I'll be shocked if I'm ever allowed to come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you come back next time, you're paying for lunch after yeah, this. How about right. that? All right, I will. I, I had to get with your agent, and you know, your agent was like, well, if you pay for his lunch, you can get him down there. And I was That's like, right. hey, we'll book him then. Uh, we'll book him. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for coming on, Brother Absolutely. Chuck. Super Got glad you could come down. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening to another yes. episode. As always, real commercial for next week, we've got David Frazier. Mm-hmm. 
David Frazier is a local Memphian here. He lived in Turkey for 15 years, mm, missionary wow. over there. He saw it then. Yeah, he's back here Ooh. now. So you want to check him out next week. We've got a good topic talking about a very specific uh, motivation for missions, I think, is what we're going to discuss. So come back next week and listen to that. As always, you can find our episodes on www www.thelongrunpodcast.org. Check us out, guys, and we will see you next week. Great.